There aren't enough spaces on the internet and in literary circles where young writers of Nigerian descent can talk about writing, publishing, and just share stories without dealing with the pressure of having the words politicized or having to serve as a proxy for all young writers of Nigerian descent. This is the Other Friends podcast. This season of the Other Friends, we're focusing on the short literature medium. Short literature is the very lifeblood of the new generation of writers that had started their careers on the back of what some of us call the blog era. Mobile internet had just come into Nigeria in the early 2000s, and with it came the weblog. A weblog was part web page and part forum. A comment section allowed young people who told stories through weblogs to engage with their audiences much faster than they would have if they tried to get their stories published through the conventional literary magazine cycle. The term would eventually be shortened to blog, and more young people would adopt this idea and start to tell their own stories. The term would eventually be shortened to blog, and more young people would adopt this idea and start to tell their own stories. Blogs might not be as popular as they were circa 2007 to 2014, but their impact is tangible. Writers like Pemi Aguda, Uchi Okonkwo, Romeo Oriogu, and even established names like El Nathan John first found audiences through their blogs. The short literature medium continues to grow as writers like Leslie Arima win international awards for their short fiction, and writers like Wasson Shire and Yisa Daily Ward gain mainstream appeal. This week, I talked to two guests on their experiences with microfiction. Toye Sokumbi is a writer and editor at The Native Magazine, as well as an accomplished essayist who is working on his first graphic novel. Our other guest, Esther Edoho, is a poet based in Canada, whose debut chapbook, Moonflower, was an Amazon bestseller. They bring very interesting perspective this season, uh, so enjoy. Hey Toye. What are your favorite pieces of short literature and why do you gravitate towards these specific pieces of literature? My favorite, okay, so I have a couple of favorites, naturally. My favorite song comes first. The song I think is probably the most well-written song that I always go back to reference, like just in my everyday life. It's Kendrick Lamar's Untitled 03. It's a song from the three-way EP where he kind of put like seven untitled tracks. That didn't make um, the album he dropped before that, to be with Butterfly. He had come off this, like, the whole world, he had a Pulitzer for To Be With Butterfly. The whole world was, like, recognizing the fact that this guy was, like, a talented, like, writer guy, like, crazy lyricist. And he had this project that didn't feel like it, it actually felt like it didn't fit into the project that was defining for him. But it also had a lot of, like, things that had to be said. So that particular song, he first performed it on um, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Then he rendered it for the project. And it was basically like three major verses where he kind of outlined what every culture, every major culture I think that surrounds him, what they want from life. And essentially what, how it reflects in their, every, in their values that they teach to their you know, younger generations. Like I think... Uh, the first, uh, the first, the first person he interviewed was an Indian, and the Indian tells him that he needs a piece of land, 
Um, the black man tells him he needs a piece of nuki, that's like sex. Um, then the white man tells him like he needs a piece of mind so he can blow up. There was a very important line he said that when he said, uh, when I go platinum for rapping, I do the company fine. Like you're going to say, say sell it, it should sell itself for $99.99, which is basically $9.99, which is basically the price of a record. And it was just the the chronology of that song from beginning to end kind of just exemplifies like the journey of life. Like where like basically in Nigeria we ascribe success to different like um, milestones in life. You leave uni, you have to buy a car, you have to get a house move into something that shows you have arrived and all of that all of that um so kendrick kind of plays out this like story in uh we're all we all kind of like want the same thing but just differently and we think of it in different ways yeah so that's, that's one of my favorite like best written songs i know i think about it a lot um another favorite of mine um another favorite favorite written piece of mine um one art by elizabeth bishop it's basically a poem on the art of losing the first line of that poem says the art of losing is a hard to master some things are meant to be lost, so their loss is no disaster. It's kind of like, it's the message at the center of it is basically how to grieve, but not just, you know, grief for the sake of it, it's like understanding the process that you have to go through from accepting, but also not, not only just accepting, but understanding where you stand in the grand scheme of things. Even when people die or we lose friends, we tend to, kind of reflect the life we've lived before and after based on you know what we know of them and all of that so she kind of gives this expansive uh, even before you met the person they had a life they had an existence they had their purpose or whatever as someone who is who is kind of just getting used to for example being around friends i have known them for like about like four or five years which is decent like for me because i used to move about a lot when i was growing up my parents moved around a lot so i never used to get to keep my secondary school friends my primary school friends for no more than two years or one year and like that's, that's a lot, lot of formative years uh for me i that point felt very very familiar because i had gone through that process of people i had to move away from some who even passed away um people who had just grew apart from for different reasons so definitely definitely right up there yeah i think i think for now those are the two main two pieces of writings i know like they're they are favorites of mine, like they're irreplaceable in my mind. Every other thing, I could also weigh against something else that I think is probably like superior and like literary relevance to me. So yeah. From everything you've said, there is this idea of immutability. We all have very little control over our universe. All we can do is control ourselves. So how we process the forces impacting our lives is how we find value and your personal essays are often about how you are processing the world around you and how your childhood has influenced you as an adult where do you pursue this line of thinking okay um so i'm going to take it from the futility part in terms of the futility of, of you know the human experience so the first major thing for me is i've come to over time gradually understand that you where you find yourself in history is nothing more than a footnote in like time we are and it's not even like uh, from a bleak oh well the world is ending anyway might as well like nah it's like where you find yourself in history is just that you we come we live our time and we go i think it's fascinating because as someone who is kind of like i said like i said earlier moved about a lot i've had to essentially re Re-establish myself in certain like with people, with friends. You know, you move to a new community. You don't really know anybody there. 
I've had to do that as a consistent process. I've now come to be this adult. Like the other day, I was like in my house. I realized, wait, like I actually moved out of home at a very young age. I got my own place. I'm living in this place that's very unfamiliar to where I've grown up from. Like, what am I actually like doing here? Like, not like, how did I get here in my life? I know how I got here, but like, how did I not process all of the steps in between that like the average, because I realized I didn't actually know what I wanted before that. Who am I? Like, it's the, I always come back to that same thing. Everything you have been up to that point is just a, is a reflection of where you're from, who your parents are. You know, the point where you start to detach yourself from everything you grew up around to kind of have your own values, it still kind of just leaves you at the end of the day with whatever you decide to be from that point onwards. It's not some grand discovery of the... Uh, people always say when you find yourself, like it's not some, you know, you don't have some Kundalini awakening, some third eye, anything. It's just you. There is nothing. I mean, 20 years and 30 years, whatever life you have lived is still going to be you. It's, it's something that I believe that like the point where like um, wealthy pastors or priests or priests, I think is the point where they reach, where they realize even, at, even if there is a God purpose is still to be it's, it's, it's your free will is an extension of his purpose it's not any more than you are not any more than me i'm not any more than you like so when you have that information and you comp, you control a congregation of people you can just decide to do whatever you want well ultimately it's up to me now to decide like at its core for example like religion pro prescribes honesty and truth because i believe that's like the only way for, even me, like I'm not a religious person, but I believe that's the only way for us to build sustainable economic systems. If you have an understanding of, you know, if you have an understanding of like of transgenerational knowledge, you will come to the same point. This is, what do I do now? I've just found my place, just found myself existing, a blip in history, like dinosaurs lived for 600,000 years. All of the history we know now is not older than 6,000 years, it's just a fraction of all they lived for and there's no trace of them and there'll be no trace of me like what do I do now like how do I make the best of this like I don't think life is futile in the sense of like well there's no hope everything is bleak when you realize the randomness of everything you not only appreciate how you have come to be you now realize how much control you have over who you can become and I think it's a I think it's a it's a transformational way to see the world so how do you reconcile this with the very human desire to make your mark on the world um, if everything is infallible and everything is immutable um, why even bother i believe i believe it's constantly evolving i believe it's constantly evolving currently i'm experimenting with new formats i'm working on an e-novella i actually had to tear it apart and start again because i had a series of epiphanies that kind of just gave me new ideas on how to so I'm experimenting, I'm, ex, I'm, ex, I'm experimenting with new formats primarily that can help you, help me convey, use, I'll still use words mainly, but they can help me convey emotions that you need to not only read the fine print if you are a reader, but also pay close attention, but in bite-sized formats that are also like, you know, in line with the, constant, con, the current um, content consumption habits like for everyone has. What I did before now, what, I, what I've been doing before now is essentially examining my reality by comparing generational differences. And what, what I realized consistently is, first, every generation always has a universal truth 
that was started or inspired or you know kick-started by something that happened in the previous generation or something the previous generation did you don't even have to go far a lot of times like you compare you to someone who was born two years after you you compare you to someone who was born five years after you and you have so much context to work with like i said being a footnote in time how do you live how do you deal with that it's by taking the elements closest to you and examining them within the context of how you have kind of developed your own worldview. The fear I think we have is the fear to challenge things we claim to believe in. We don't want to have to sometimes critically examine some of our like core values. But if you just leave that space to understand why someone younger than me or someone older than me, you know, sees things this way, you might come to, to either like a new conclusion of like maybe where the world is going, but at least something that get, that gives you like a clear perspective of where you are standing in time. And I hope, like, I don't get crucified for sending this on record. I've noticed this trend among um, a lot of, like, young, younger Nigerian kids, like, about, like, 18, 19. They don't indulge in any substances. They don't, like, they are smart kids that will party, that will, but they don't drink, they don't smoke. For people, like, people my age, like, 23, 24, like, that's a habit that we picked up from previous generation. And that generation was like a generation of people who were very also like, you know, they had to hide their vices. They were very repressed. A lot of 22, 23 year olds have that, um, uh, like, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to, but there's a whole generation of younger people who are still living their life, but strained completely away from those quote unquote vices. You start to wonder if it's because like, um, they're, 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 they're being the good kids or if like they are just seeing the world differently. And this is like a, a friend of mine in Germany had the same experience, like a couple of like young boys, like who claimed that they've never like um, Nigerian singer Rema. Rema said he's never had sex before. That you know he doesn't drink, do any substances. Um, weird story I've heard about him, by the way, was that apparently his brother died from an OD. His elder brother, his brother was like what, like two years older than him. I have a younger brother who's 19 years old who. You know, he's kind of come from being this boy who, when he was 16, what was looking to what everybody thought was going to end up on the same kind of rebellious path, path as I did, like you know, choose his own, do choose his own reality. But he's kind of reined himself in with no like that took my like interventions. Like it took my friends even convincing me that bro, family is still family. Like you can't like. So and those kind of things, when you analyze why and you ask the, you ask the right questions, you actually end up with a perfect snapshot of where you are standing in history and you know how to move from there. So yeah, generational differences, the major thing I always like look out for when I tell stories. Okay, so one last question before we end this interview. Why do you prefer to express yourself through short literature? And how has it affected you as a person? and your career as a writer so as a young journalist when i started off at when i started off at sounds of ng like i was 20 years old green orange, literally didn't know anything before that i've been doing my own fiction my own like creative writing and you know i didn't get a lot of criticism for it for them and i never i, I never got any criticism it was always good 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 you're a good writer you're amazing so when i got I started my first job you know my first team first had to work me through the you were not the shit yet. <laughs> you are you you have something, but we have to work extensively on this. The things that I started to do after that time kind of redefine everything I've been doing before then. So developing a new reading habit that had me to that had me looking at other people's work, 
at first you compare and contrast and like how this person say this how this person say that you go back to your own work and realize i'm supposed to be trying to develop my own voice and not that person's voice so what is my own voice i think the process of getting better i think you learn that you don't have all the answers the ability to compress a lot of information in a very very bite-sized accessible also straightforward this is what you need to get out of its format it's interesting because where the world is going now into like everybody has less attention span to like sit through one hour of this 10 hours of that the books that are still getting movie deals now where books are written in 2011 or 2012 before anybody says like seriously pick up their phone as the only source of entertainment there's a high chance that like kids who will have to grow through that phase like like kids like me had to go through where you had to pick up a book like between i think about 14 and 19 where there's nothing else to or 14 and 18 for every developing writer where you just find yourself around books like i don't know how that phase will look like for those people but i know that because they are short forms now and, and they are not just they're like very good trustworthy it's good content, you know you can trust what you're reading, like you also know like this is a good story. There's anything you can expect, like a shift on how people like interpret, consume and translate like this information in real time. I still see the potential of long form as the body of work type material you need to put out in the world. But because of how like I've kind of started to view short writing, short form essays as like a like a like a progression where we need to get to, also gradually had better faith in it as a writer who has improved on his own like long on his own essays, for example, delving into uh, my last major um, long form, the Santi story, kind of felt it felt it was like a mini novella for the word count wise. It was pushing around like fifteen thousand. Well, like three like three chapters of a novel more or less what i kind of ended up with when i was done was i had documented this person's life in a very autobiographical way with a lot of information and a lot of context but everything compressed into like a very very accessible just get a view of this guy's life, get the information you need to get, understand the person, understand the culture around it, move on. I think it's something that, like, going forward, I would even consider in other genres, like fiction and everything, because you can actually do this thing now. You don't need to wait for one year to write that novel. You could just get to the short story now. You could, And you could even have other interesting things, like um, The Verge's Better World series. I don't know, yeah... That was a very like interesting way I see. I think some, I think a lot of this though, in terms of like short form short form writing generally or short writing or essays, I think a lot of it has to do with the evolution of content in general, content consumption. So I tend to view it from that point of view. Um, so better, like I was saying, the Veg Better World series was a very interesting way of like introducing sci-fi writing that used to be a big deal back in the day for new generations using audiovisual content merging animation and like illustrations and all of that i think it's very like amazing so yeah mainly i've used short form to get better but i've also you know come to understand it as a necessity for how we have come to consume how we come to consume content now you know and on the go and everything so yeah and that was toyo shokumbi you can find more of his work on the Freedom Magazine and in the native mag print issues. Esther, 
like most poets, took a more concise approach to answering our questions about short literature, but her answers are no less fascinating. Esther's poetry is very subtle. It draws from the well of human emotion and how we respond to these emotions, offering them piecemeal to her reader. It is always a delight to read. So Esther, what is your favorite piece of short literature and why do you gravitate towards it so much? My favorite collection of short literature has to be Years as Bone. It is a collection of poems about um, human experiences. The first time I read her book, I just remember thinking, this is exactly what I want my readers to feel when they read my book. It was just emotion packed and it was effortlessly done. Her writing style is so simple, but then she tackles some really complex human um, experiences and human struggles. And I found that she was just able to do with such clarity. And it, it, it looks so simple, but I found that the simple writing is actually the hardest part to do. And so I'm always just so amazed at her ability to simplify such complex emotions with such simple words and it's just a collection of poems that will break your heart mend your heart warm your heart just make you just get you in the gut it just gets you unexpectedly you're reading a poem and you're just like wait what i didn't see that coming and it's just absolutely perfect i um i adore that body of work i think it's one that i go back to often because it's just perfect if you ask me why do you prefer to express yourself through poetry and how does it affect you as a person and your career as a writer one of the great things about the short literature genre is its ability to tackle a bunch of different topics in one collection and i really love how a short story like for example a collection of short story will contain multiple stories of multiple people and multiple lives and i think there's just a richness in the fact that you get one book but you get like 12 different stories and 12 different lives and 12 different things that can inspire you and i feel the same about a book of poetry because the author is talking about a lot of different things and it's not just one thing and, and the great thing about the short a uh, short um short form literature is the fact that you find something for you in a collection maybe you don't like the first three but maybe you like the last three but there'll always be one thing i find that you will connect with and that will just be what you need and i love that as a writer for me if i ever needed inspiration i tend to go towards short um short genres because i feel like it's a quick i can read a quick story or read one or two poems and i get what i need to sustain or to inspire me so i think for me as a writer i i draw from the ability to first of all write about multiple things and also just having a place to always go back to if i wanted to, to get a bit of inspiration and not delve too deep into like any real story or any one life so yeah Thank you for listening to the podcast this week and a huge thank you to Esther Edoho and Toye Shokumbi for taking our time to talk to me about short literature and how they interact with it and use it to express themselves and touch the world. You can find more of Esther's poetry on Amazon and she recently started a poetry collective with other poets called Rari. Rari is sort of an incubator for young poets trying to find their voice, trying to make sense of poetry as we know it in the 21st century um you can check them out at rari.ca that is r-a-r-i dot c-a until next time 
keep creating.